What's up, man? So today we're talking about apartment horror, right? Episode 45 of the Horror Dads Podcast. Episode 45. Welcome to episode 45. Um, Also, Jamie Danger, what's up? John, who's our guest? We have two guests. Yeah, we've got two guests. So this was a bit of a surprise. So um, we were approached by a a Hollywood producer, uh, a gentleman named Alok Mishra. Uh, he's a producer out in Los Angeles. Um, he produced a film called one BR, which was on Netflix for the majority of last year. I think it actually just came off like end of the summer pretty much. Uh, so I think a lot of you may have seen it by this point. If you've not, it's available on Amazon prime, but, uh, Naomi Grossman was also in the film and she is a fantastic actor and writer and she was in American Horror Story uh, as the character of Pepper. You guys probably never heard of it. Yeah. It's a show. Um, it's called American Horror Story. You've probably never heard of it. No big deal. Yeah. But it was... Uh, She's a major character. Pepper. It, like, if... John texted me. and was like, do you know the Pepper character from American Horror Story? And I was like, Pepper? Mm, sounds familiar. And then I sent a picture. And then, like, he sent me the picture, and I was like, oh, my, I mean, of course, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just one of those characters. It's like, as soon as you see Pepper, you're like, oh. Pepper, shit, yeah. yeah. So, Naomi was great. Um, Alok was great. Uh, it was awesome talking with, with both of them. Alok's a fellow horror dad and just super cool to talk to. And um, So, you guys are in store for a good interview, and we talk about apartment-based horror films. We talk about that... That environment many of us have lived in, right? That uh, that insulated communal living experience, claustrophobic, which is oftentimes claustrophobic and has uh, you know varying different levels of horror associated with it. So yeah, we, you took a shit, and I can smell it. <laughs> we don't quite go there. Oh God! But uh, yeah, we talk about three films, uh, and we do an interview with uh, with both of uh, these fantastic uh, industry folks, and we. We dive into the film that they uh, both were involved with, which is 1BR. Great movie, by the way. Great movie. Great, great movie. So, let's do our, our intro stuff. If you're new to the show, um, we, uh, we, we'll, we'll take the next couple minutes here to just catch up and, and talk shop. And we have a few, you know, general stuff that we like to talk about. Yeah, and it's all horror related, so it's not going to be boring. Yes. Hopefully not. So, stay with us. Don't skip the intro. All right. So, John, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Okay, so we've got a new season of Dexter that's supposed to be coming out, I think, the end of this year, yeah? Correct. Uh, So I went through the first two seasons of Dexter uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, It's been a minute since we recorded, I feel. Um, Dude, I I feel the same. We haven't recorded since my birthday, I don't think, right? On the 26th? Uh, We haven't, but uh, look what's in front of you. Uh, Oh, look, he's got a movie there. I turned 40. You old bastard. Fuck you, John. Johnny Bullet. All right, so I've been watching Dexter. The fir- the writing is so great on those uh, early seasons. Um, I'd say the first four are, like, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they really are. But that's Anything what I've been else? watching. Anything else? Any movies? Um, I, I have a couple movies I've been watching, but I want to wait to talk about one of them because um, it might involve your birthday gift. Gotcha. All right, so I watch I'm just a couple early fall favorites, Pet Cemetery. Um, you know what has become like a yearly, like September movie for me is uh scary stories to tell in the dark. And it's funny because Alok is going to mention this later on in the yeah, interview in this episode. Yeah. Um, 
But that, that's just a, like, I feel like you're always over like early September. And I always throw yeah. that one on because it's not like you're not getting right into the goods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like the outskirts candy before you really dive into the good shit. And we were, did we watch Pets? I feel like we just watched Pet Cemetery. Yeah, recently. I just threw that one on uh, when Chris Stanley came over the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We threw that one on. Yeah. And uh, I actually watched. So there's like a, a really, really new season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But like the first revitalization of the series was like a three episode, like almost like a. Like a pilot almost. Yeah, just like kind of like a mini series, you know, like three little uh, episodes, three. 45-minute episodes, let's say, uh, to make a full kind of movie. Uh, so I started watching that with my 7-year-old. Really fun. He didn't love it. Uh, I'm going to make him watch the next two, so um, who cares what you think? And then last night I fell asleep to the movie Dolls. Ooh. So good. Yeah, that is a good one. So fun. That's like the perfect like yeah. fun movie to fall it's asleep not, to. It's not too serious. Yep. Uh, all right, well, let's jump to what we've been buying. Pumpkin Candles. Yeah. Okay, so this actually my family. I know what yours. I know to, what yours is. Uh, so I bought you a birthday gift, and I bought me one of the same of what I bought you. Perfect. So we're gonna open that in a second <clears throat> live here on uh, on on, re- air. on record. But uh, yeah, so I was talking about this on our Patreon actually. But I went to um, just did some back to school shopping with the kids um, last week, and um, we stumbled into. Bath and Body Works, and we ended up spending like $100 on pumpkin-related uh, scents, and my youngest daughter is my family antic. We walked in, and she she goes, she's three, and she goes just real, real loud. She was like, oh, my God, it smells so good in here, and everyone's like <laughs> looking around like, who said that? She was like, I'm, I'm going to eat this place, and she's like smacking her lips, and everyone in there was laughing, and it was just like a really funny kind of proud dad moment because it it, w- it smelled like fall in there so and then you see candles with like vampire fangs oh dude yeah. i was like honestly god my wife who's typically the one that's like loading up the cart she looked over i looked like gus from cinderella i was like stacked up to my chin yeah. with candles <laughs> yeah, right uh, so yeah but yeah uh, and then i also bought you a birthday present awesome can't wait to get it i've also been buying a lot of pumpkin beers and ciders yeah oh yeah uh and then what else? Oh, so um, my wife for my birthday got me a few things. She got me the Cavity Colors joggers. I finally got some of those, the trick or treat joggers. The, like, also, is it like a kangaroo pouch, like where I can get in the front of the joggers, or is it just a one man show? <laughs> so what's funny about these is I've been like poo pooing the shorts that Cavity Colors makes, right? Yeah, fucker. Like okay, but when you wear them, I see them and I'm like, those shorts are pretty cool. Uh, but I put the joggers on, and then I was like, you know what would be cool is if, like, there was no jogger leg after the knee. So I'm you're too dis- hot in these. You're so describing then I like, shorts. Wait, I think I want the shorts. <laughs> but they're too, dude, they're too much. 40 bucks is too much for the shorts. For it's me. like 40 bucks for shorts or $45 for joggers. Yeah, so wh- what are you going to have? Yeah. Um, I get and it. then also, she got me this awesome ass coaster um, from somebody on Etsy, I can't remember the uh, name of who made it, and they sent a cool little like handwritten note, you know, uh, stay yeah. spooky or something really fucking cool. Um, but it has the Halloween pumpkin, the original one. Oh, cool! And it's really cool. So very cool. Well, open your gift, man. It's All right, right here. let's do it. 
Also, as I'm doing this, my family antic, your daughter had her birthday party last week at the swim club. Yeah. So we're on the pool. And I take my son, my three-year-old, into the pool. And instead of just playing like Marco Polo or something, he wants to play um, zombies. <laughs> so everybody in the pool to him was a zombie. And he's like, dude, and the pool was packed that fucking day. Yeah, it was. It was really it was hot. so and there's hot. there's like a group of like... Probably like nine to like thirteen year olds all playing football. So there's like thirty kids in there, just like everywhere. Oh, there's always like ball, like literally like my cousin hit one of the lifeguards in the side with <laughs> a football the other day. But sorry, go there ahead. you go. Um, anyways, so everybody was a zombie to him. So everybody he would get close to, he was like, ah, zombie, and I w- I was like playing into it. So I'm like, oh my god, zombie, and like ev- every person in the pool was like, oh god. Like a 10-year-old, like, hey, this 40-year-old man next to me keeps uh, like, crying about my zombies. Some would smile, and then some would just look weird. Like, well, I'm not I'm not a zombie. Yes, you are. Okay. All right, open your gift here, All right, buddy. so. He knows you're alone. Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Dude, this is the, the Scream Factory re- release. So, the last, when I bought you, uh, the last movie I bought you, someone's watching you. Yes. Someone's watching me. Um... I wanted to buy you this, but it was on pre-order at the time, and it was like 40, 40 bucks or something like crazy. Uh, so I jumped. I, I've never seen this. I don't. Know I know you says. haven't. Um, but this is a great movie, honestly. Like uh, this, I found this I, when I moved into my apartment in in Kent when I was in college. Uh, I got the Chiller Channel, and the Chiller Channel oh, had yeah. all these little gems on it. So that's where I discovered the movie, Someone's Watching Me. Mm-hmm. And that's also where I discovered this movie starring Tom Hanks called. Oh, this is that Tom he Hanks knows movie. You're Alone. Yeah, dude, I've been talking about this movie. Isn't this streaming on something? I don't think so. I'll be pissed if it is because I yeah, just bought I, dude, it for you and I just the, bought it for me. Here's the thing is I'm not trying to burst your bubble, but the other day I was streaming. You and I both have too many streaming yeah. options. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at at any given moment, but. I was reading a description of a movie. I uh, don't know that it was this one, but it said one of Tom Hanks' first films. And you're probably like, this horror. fucking and I was movie like, John keeps talking about. No, no, I did not know that. But, dude, I can't wait to watch this. Thank you so much. Dude, I, I'm, I'm pumped for you to watch it. And um, when, when I turn the back around, the first review says, terrifying and blood-curdling. So yeah. that's good enough for me, man. I, I have Thank so you. much nostalgia uh, thinking about this movie, though, just spending time with the Chiller Channel and uh, all that, so... Enjoy yeah. it, man. Enjoy yeah. it. Thanks, buddy. So let's cover what we're wearing and then welcome our new patrons and then get into the episode, man. Let's do it. What All right, are you wearing? So I'm wearing a um, Cavity Colors. This is one of the Spook Bag exclusive t-shirts, Mischief Night. So the night before Thanksgiving is regarded as Mischief Night. I think that was last year's, right? Thanksgiving. God damn it. Yeah, it's okay. The night before Halloween. Right before St. Patrick's night before Day is Thanksgiving <laughs> when everybody is getting drunk at the Plaza BW3s. <laughs> the night before. <laughs> what, weren't we just talking about Mischief Night, though? Or someone was, and they were describing Mischief Night. Or maybe I was listening to a podcast. We're always talking. With our kids, it's always Mischief fucking Night, John. But someone was talking about the idea of Mischief Night. I was listening to a podcast. And it was basically like, you, you go out the night before Halloween... And, like, you fuck around. Yeah. And you... That night before Thanksgiving is one of the biggest drinking nights of the year. <laughs> but but they call it Mischief Night because you go, like, play pranks and stuff. and Of course, uh, TP or... Yeah. It, it's yeah. stuff like that. Like, soap and... 
You Old got, Jericho got caught soaping windows again, right? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Let's go TP Old Man Mathers' house. But this is great. It looks like the cover of a book almost. It says Mischief Night. Um, it actually says a Cavity Colors novel, so it's supposed to look it, like Exactly, yep. And it's a pumpkin crawling out of a grave, and he's very, uh, he's got a lot of sinew. Very toothy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is cool. Yeah, I love uh, it. But similarly, uh, we're, we're in the mode. I've got a, a Matt Pepler special on right now. I have my class of 1978 uh, t-shirt on that Matt Pepler did. And I know I've mentioned my interaction with TSA agents in the past and them commenting <laughs> on my horror clothing. Yeah. But I can't remember. I was going to Minnesota. It was actually the trip where I met Gabe um, in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was on for work. And I, I was going through my TSA pre-check, which is fantastic. And I was like, cool, I'm going to get through here in 30 seconds. And I literally, like, I zipped through. And this woman, she was older. She stops me. She goes, "Uh, you're all set, but I've got a question for you, sir. And I was like, yes. And she goes, did you really graduate in 1978? And I was like, oh, no, no, I was not alive in 1978. Come on, lady. And she was like, I graduated in 1978, and you are nowhere near my age. What is the significance of this shirt? I was like, oh, it's from a movie, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, Halloween. I've never seen it. And I was like, okay. All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> have a fantastic day. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I have on. But uh, we got a couple new patrons to welcome. <laughs> we do. So, Connor McNamara. Um, who? Connor, thank you. Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> a very dear, dear friend of ours, which is why Jamie <laughs> says that with uh, loving tongue in cheek. But Connor, thank you, buddy, for for jumping on. He's actually been on our Patreon. He has, yeah. Um, to he's a accomplished writer and actor, and he's kind of talked a little bit about uh, the the construction like of a story, and we we do some deconstruction of stories of some pretty prominent horror films, which is kind of fun. Yeah, he was like, um, yeah. Do you guys want to talk about like the twenty seven steps of making a movie? And then we were like, yeah, let's do like four. Yeah, we'll just boil that down to three, and we'll be all set. Yeah. <laughs> Give us the Cliff's notes, please. So, Connor, welcome, buddy. And then Corey Warden uh, just joined us today. Um, that is our buddy from the. That's basically the eighties podcast. I think they're on a little brief temporary hiatus, but Corey's become a buddy of ours. Uh, but Corey, thank you so much for yeah, subscribing, thank you, man. Love you, man. Loved the podcast too. I yeah. did love the for sure. Anything eighties, we're you in. know me, Mister yeah. Fucking Eighties. Um, but if you're interested, we do have a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier on Patreon uh, with a bunch of bonus content. Uh, we do watch through episodes every month uh, for our five dollar patrons, and we're actually joined by a ten dollar patron on that recording. Um, so this month we're doing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 with our buddy Chris Obert. And Oof. totally revved to do that. We're Dream Warriors! Yeah, there he goes. Um, so we're doing that with Chris. It's going to be a blast. And um, we have a couple uh, exciting upcoming bonus episodes we're going to do uh, with our wives here. We're going to do another Horror Moms this month. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but I think without further ado, we could probably get into it. What do you think, man? Let's do it. All right. Enjoy the show. Let's Bye get guys. into it. Haven't you been getting my calls? I've been busy. When are you coming home? I'm staying. They put that system in a few years ago after a break-in. Uh, don't worry. 
Neighborhood's a lot safer now. I just moved here. I don't really know anyone. What brought you to LA? Trying to start a new life. Missed one here. Any pets? Nope. You got it. We're neighbors. Hey, listen, we're having a barbecue. You should come. Welcome. We like to make this place feel like a real neighborhood. And we all kind of take care of each other here. to episode 45 of the Horror Dads podcast. This is an exciting episode. We're joined by two fabulous guests that are involved with a fantastic film called 1BR. And those guests are actor and writer Naomi Grossman, as well as producer Alok Mishra. Welcome to the show to both of you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. What's up, guys? Thank you. Thank Thanks you. Yeah. So we're a little starstruck. Um, you know, <laughs> Naomi, you, uh, you're a loke. I've had a fantastic time talking with you, but Naomi, you're, you're a little bit of a household name here, um, with, uh, your involvement with the American Horror Stories, uh, you know, series and, and playing Pepper on that show. So we just appreciate you, you both taking the time to, to be on the show and to talk about, uh, the movie both of you were involved with, which is 1BR. Love it. Yeah, we're we're, uh, <laughs> we're happy to get awareness, uh, you know, out there for this uh, little film. And obviously, Naomi is a superstar, goddamn superstar. <laughs> ah. so, you know, uh, and 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 if I'm being truthful, which I think I know I am, even though I'm a I'm a producer and usually every third word's a lie. Uh, her her episode was the best episode of that new season of American Horror Stories, which is more sort of an anthology, standalone kind of episodic kind of thing. But holy shit. Great, uh, very, very well acted by her, and then very well directed by our good friend Eduardo Sanchez, who uh, also directed little things like the Blair Witch. But, uh, but I think it was the best episode of the season, period. And they're uh, greenlit for a second season, so hopefully we'll see a return of them in some form or fashion. Maybe it's a new character. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it though. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I totally agree that that was the best episode of the new season. Yeah, we just. Uh together on what was it monday on labor day we sat down and watched yeah we did together again yeah um and uh you know Alok, you had mentioned to me on our preliminary call last week which by the way i was just telling naomi prior to you jumping on i was morosely sick last week you're you were texting me and you're probably uh-huh. like what is this dickhead doing why is he not responding to me i was dying <laughs> in my bed uh with fevers and chills but um i'm fine now and uh so if I sounded groggy last week when we talked, that's why. no. You sounded fine, and I hope it was. I hope you. I hope it's not. I hope it's not what it, what people are getting sometimes nowadays. You it, know, it was not. Uh, I had two tests to confirm that fact because I I was one hundred percent certain. I told my wife I was like, "It's a breakthrough case. It's here," and she was like, "You're being dramatic. I think you're fine," and she was right. <laughs> but I did have bronchitis. How's your daughter doing? I know she had a a little dental uh, 
surgery go on there. She's, yeah. she's fine. I mean, I, I I appreciate the horror dads being concerned about these things. Well, we got to bring that up. Like, what what are we if we don't mention that? She she didn't have to. I mean, she just like I think I mean she hit her tooth really hard and had to take her to the dentist, and so it was the thing yeah. where they're like. Worst case scenario, she has to lose a tooth. I'm like, she doesn't have a tooth for two years. Isn't she gonna be that kid in the class that people are making fun of? And <laughs> yeah. thankfully, it's gonna it's gonna stay in as far as we know. But we'll see. Listen, whack teeth give character. <laughs> well, you know yeah. she has she has like a little gap in her tooth. A little too, gap. Like, like, like Good. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just saying. Speaking as someone who had braces for two years retainers headgear all that doesn't matter if my teeth just want to be this way and guess what they build character they are charactery and i'm not i'm this is my look and i'm 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 sticking with it listen you and madonna you and madonna right she's right well until she fixed it and then she stopped smiling in photos so oh yeah like she yeah 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 but we have another so we're going to discuss apartment based horror films as kind of the theme of this episode. And we have a movie uh, that's going to be mentioned starring a horror icon of sorts in the form of Lauren Hutton. And she too, um, you know, was very, very embracing of that look. And she was like, she literally is one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent segue. I, I know that to be true because I have seen her up close and personal uh, she lives in a teepee in Taos, New Mexico, where my mom lives. Um, and at one point, one summer, uh, I was working at a little local bookstore and she left her credit card. And when I called, you know, Visa or whatever to report the 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 card they were like the lauren hutton and they were like is was it the one the supermodel lauren hutton and i was like uh, i don't i don't know and they're like well did she did you see her teeth <laughs> but anyway um as it turns out when she did come back to the bookstore to retrieve her card uh i attended her and um asked for her id because that's uh, that was the policy. Uh, she just smiled, like, <laughs> like, is this not it's right here. enough ID for you? <laughs> and um, you know, I was supposed to like take the cue, but you know, you were like, uh, so the ID, great you, smile, you but where's that ID? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, she should be glad that I'm not just handing her credit card yeah. over to just anybody with a gap this, in their teeth. This Lauren Hutton imposter in Taos, like right. there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's so many like unbelievably gorgeous older women um, wandering around. Yeah. I moved to Taos to try to impersonate <laughs> her, you know, the one place that she also lives, just to try to see. <laughs> just trying to see anyway. what the credit card racket was. So. Uh, we can shift a little to to talking about the film that kind of brought us here. So, so Alok, um, from a, a production standpoint, you know, in our preliminary discussion, you, you know, so you you both worked on the 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 film One Br One Bedroom. Uh, I've been calling it One Bedroom. Um, you guys both refer to it as One Br. So I'm probably going to screw this up a couple times. Um, but this was a this yeah. was a fantastic indie film that took place in Los Angeles, and it was. Uh, based within an apartment uh, community. And it's about our main character, Sarah, who 
tries to start anew in, in Los Angeles and um, her neighbors are kind of not who they seem. That's like the, be- the I think the IMDB sort of like really high level top trees overview, overview of this film. Um, but you had mentioned through our discussion that, that both you and Naomi have known each other a super long time, right? So how, like how, what's your relationship? How, how, how do you guys know each other and have you worked on other projects too? Or did it, did it, is this the first like uh, film that you worked on together? Naomi, you want to take this? Yeah. Well, first I just have to tell you, you are not the first person who have, has flubbed the name of the movie. You <laughs> are the first native English speaker that hasn't gotten it. It's usually, <laughs> this is usually reserved for uh, foreigners, uh, especially the, the, the Spanish speakers. Uh, I speak Spanish. Alok always sends me the Spanish language reviews. Like, what are they saying? What is it a good saying? review? If so, we'll retreat. <laughs> and, um, you know, invariably the entire episode is dedicated to que es un verde? Que es un like they all just want to know what's up. And um, it's hilarious. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the, I, I think there was another movie called One Bedroom, which is what we're not trying to confuse ourselves with. Uh, hence, One BR. But anyway, there's a first time for everything. So <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, just making it easier well. for everybody else. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, in Japan, it's a mud house. <laughs> you can't see I'm doing like this with my hands, which makes it racist. I'll keep my hands out. And then I, yeah. Um, in, in, uh, in Russia, it's girl in apartment two or one or I don't know. Yeah. yeah. In um, Germany, it's willkommen a nightmare. <laughs> with a, like a evil laugh at the end. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, it, it eludes most people, uh, particularly non-English speakers, but even in Britain, it's like 1BR, the apartment, or, you know, like, I don't know. Apparently, that's an American thing, um, uh, you know, who hmm. knew? I did it, see, by the way, speaking of, of England, on the, I don't know how uh, IMDB is managed. I'm sure that the- production- It's not. Yeah. There's like a computer in a basement in like the deep valley of Los Angeles. Uh, I know this to be true. It's impossible. Why? Well, I don't even know what you're going to say, well, but I, just, I can I just say some... that there is no one at the helm. I, I think <laughs> I saw on the IMDb page for 1BR um, something with British spelling. Like I think it was the word favorite or something had a U in it. And I, mm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I I wonder... What prompted that? I am not trying to um, put one, IMDb on blast. They've been very good to me. I was uh, I was actually number one on IMDb at one point, um, and was even named one of IMDb's top ten breakout stars. They even rewarded me with a trophy. Oh, so nice. as I'm Amazing. literally like face to face with with one IMDb, like holding their you know glassware, I'm like, by the way. How do I get like my friend, you know, this one silly credit struck from their record? They're like, eh. you know, <laughs> even they admitted like that there's it's the Wizard of Oz and 
<laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's the it's so, the worst. It's the worst thing. It combined me with another Alok Mishra. There's not a lot of us, but they combined me. I with saw that you were credits. two in parentheses. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I had to start a new one because they combined me with somebody else, and I could not, for the life of me, have them uncombine me. I was like, I'm not that person. That person just like put their shit into my thing i don't Ugh. understand how this works i can't get it i couldn't i'm imdb pro i can't get them to like get anybody on the phone to help me <laughs> it's ridiculous sorry we shouldn't shit on them too it's much very frustrating. Are, you know, how are alok and naomi friends yeah that's that, i was um, gonna bring us back yes. to that. so how do you guys so, know each other <laughs> uh, one of my uh one of alok's besties growing up became one of my besties in college so then when we both moved out to Los Angeles, uh, well, I should mention she and he are pretty much from here. So basically her childhood friends became my uh, new friends. Um, so, you know, basically when I was Sarah, um, you know, was, you know, just nothing but a dream and a, a cat. I, I I never had a cat, but you know what I mean? Uh, when I was out here, just kind of seeking my fortune um, with uh, no, no friends, I found a loke. And, and likewise, uh, I, I found a delightful, you know, friend in Naomi and we've, you know, friends for over 20 years and stuff. So when I had a project, like I, I used to test movies for a living. My producing partner, Shane Borister and I have a company called Malevolent Films, but both of us, before we did that, started producing films. I had a careers in market research for film. We tested movies. And so when, you know, I had this script and the money to do it, I actually went to Naomi and I was like, here, read this script. Uh, I just want to see if you think it's good. And thankfully she does. She's a, she's an architect's daughter. So she always says, well, if you have good bones, <laughs> then you might have something here. And so, you know, we didn't, didn't have a lot of money, by the way, because we didn't pay her not even like nearly what she's worth, but because she's a friend, she did the movie. But also, like you said, she had, it had good bones, so there was something there for like you know everybody, let's say. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the reason that I did the film is because she gave us her sort of blessing that it was good. And I said, listen, I, I don't think there's a big part for you, but there's something. You tell me, you know, what you want to do, and like you know, she she did Janice and stuff, and it was awesome, and you know. It's amazing. Listening to this is it's incredible every time because who knew that I actually had any say, you know, in 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 any of this. I I know that I, you know, gave my green light go thumbs up to a loke in say May. Uh and then really didn't hear much about it until I got an audition in November, December. <laughs> and I'm thinking audition, like <laughs> at the very least you'd think I'd get just like an offer. I mean, it's, it's my own very good friend, but um, listen, I, I get it. I get it. This was, it was really just a formality. I needed to meet David. Okay. But I didn't know that. Okay. So I'm getting, I just know I have, um, you know, my agent sending me this call, like I need to like read for these roles. And so I, I did, uh, but the audition, you have, I have to understand, um, basically, uh, because this is an independent movie, um, low budget, uh, you know, and low budget means, you know, <laughs> the less 
money, the more the producer has to actually do, right? So you have to imagine Alok is doing everything. Like I I challenge anyone watching this movie to memorize this face. Now watch the movie, pour yourself a very weak drink, okay? And drink every time you see a loke on screen, right? As a as a background extra, you will be drunk by the <laughs> conclusion of this film. Like he's he's in it everywhere. Um and, and it's like and that's just the beginning. Like I mean, craft services like Alok's mom made Indian food. You know what I mean? Like uh, at, at one point in the production, uh, we had actually a different actress slated to play Sarah, um, which is a whole nother story. But uh, she, uh, in her writer, she needed a certain uh, uh, feminine energy drink, whatever that is. It's like a pink Red Bull, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> I it's only, they Alok only had this it. To me, this, like, I was telling Jamie Far off Gelson's. And, you know, who better than the executive producer to go pick up said female ed- energy drink uh, than, you know, uh, a low. So anyway, the point is he's doing all the things, including uh, acting opposite me in, in the audition. He's my reader. And now what you have to understand is the reader needs to be gunning for you, right? As an actor, we must believe that the casting director is not against us. They are with us. They want us to succeed. The sooner we succeed, the sooner they get to go home, right? But no, Alok has spent 20 years basically playing like drunken late night trivia pursuit with me. And he knows very well I may know the answer to this question, but if he asks it in a crazy, like jacked up way, he might just get me. And sure enough, if he didn't read these lines in the most jacked up way, I remember being like, what are you trying to do? Like, <laughs> in my defense, I, I'm not an actor. Uh, I did do no, drama, he is but not. Like, you know, I'm not like, you know. It, 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 it was it was a position I was put in, and as well as the extra stuff that I did not want to be in the movie. But they'd be like, "Why are you wearing shirts with logos on them? You know you're going to be in this movie." And I'm like, "I don't think I'm going to be in this movie." Every day, I just hope I can go to Video Village and watch a fucking footage like a real fucking producer, and like not be in this fucking movie. And they're like, "Well, your extras didn't come, or someone's extras didn't come." They didn't want to come over the 405, apparently. It's too much for them uh, to come to the valley where we shot the movie, the valley, the horrible valley, where I now live, thank you very much. But before I didn't, actually. Anyway, long and short, though, to Naomi's point, I think summing up that question, we knew each other. She came for an audition. She didn't. She got the part. She had the part already. You didn't take me for a beer after the audition. That is not normal. We we did go for drinks. Like afterwards, the the, reader rarely picks up your your beer tab after. Okay, so it was all good, but it was a little bit of a a mind f going in. Like, what is happening right now? (laughs) I had to keep people on their toes. (laughs) You got to the bar and you were like, "What the fuck." What happened yeah, well, back I then? Got, she was like, "What's going on?" Because we had the truth of it too was we had to come and read for another part as well, just to see like if there was something there, I guess, and like you know that's sort of what it was to some extent too. But and also for for David just to know that she wasn't a crazy person that he could work with her because he'd never met her before. He's just taking my word for it, and so couldn't vouch true. for me. <laughs> I mean, I can I can tell anybody anything I want to tell them. But I've they, been you know, a crazy person. It's okay. 
It's okay. I know you're, I mean, listen, I know you're not that crazy, crazy though. You know, you can- I know, good you're, crazy. You're a consummate professional, but crazy. You know, I'm kidding. But I'm yeah, saying- Yeah, no, you know. good crazy. Anyway, good look, crazy. look, I think, I think uh, that's what, I, what we were trying to say with the whole question was that she got the part. <laughs> and uh, everything was good. And that's how we knew each other. That's how, you know, the film kind of came about in certain ways. At least that part of the film. So two, I have two funny, relevant comments to make. Uh, Naomi, you'd mentioned, you were like, hey, just, just a girl and her cat, right? Um, so my niece, she's uh, 13, I think. And she's really into horror. And last week she was here when um, Alok had reached out. So I rented... 1BR on Amazon Prime, um, and she and I watched it down here in the, the podcast space because she was in town for the weekend, um, and she's a huge, huge animal lover, and she's also a massive fan of yours. She was like, wait, Naomi Grossman? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, oh my God, I follow her on TikTok. She's fantastic. She was in American <laughs> Horror Story, and I was like, yeah, she was. Um, and she goes, oh my God, no, I love her. And I was like, yeah, she, well, she's in this movie. And she was like, okay, great, let's watch it. So we put it on, and then Giles, poor Giles, we're not going to do a spoiler alert here, but there is a cat, and the cat does not make it. Um, and my niece is a huge animal lover, and uh, I've ne- I've watched a lot of scary movies with her, and that was the first time I looked over, and she was like, her hair looked like a loke's by the end, because she was like <laughs> pulling it straight up in the air. Well, she does understand movie magic. Yes, she it was does. was not a real cat, yeah. actually. Uh, I don't want to, you know, shit on the uh, prop department, but that was like a kind of a pathetic prop. <laughs> I mean, was, honestly, <laughs> that didn't even look like a cat. So was, the fact that there's anybody like getting their feathers ruffled over that is crazy. Like, is that a fuck? Is that a banana bread? I don't even know what that It was. wasn't their best work. Let's just put it, it that was way. Not. Like they, they did like 98% amazing work, but that one thing didn't look great. In fact, we actually had to pay extra money to put all this like extra, you know, VFX smoke around the thing and like in the air. So you couldn't quite tell how bad it looked. Let's call it right. So yeah, it wasn't their best work, but like, but people take that really take offense to that. I mean, like our, our shitty is like, Amazon reviews and all the you know bad reviews we have are like, you killed a cat, sir. You are some sick individual, David Marmer. And David Marmer is the nicest guy you ever met. Like he is like smart, introspective, quiet, like just a sweet love cats. Of- he loves that cats. was his whole thing. He was like, what is the worst thing anyone could do? In fact, kill a he- cat. He moved into an apartment complex with a misbegotten cat that wasn't supposed to be there, which is the reason for some of the inspiration for this part of the story, right? We've all and so done, like, like we've every time, all done every time that. We do inter- yeah. I'm sorry. Every time we do interviews, this cat is running around like over his keyboard and stuff. Like it looks just like the cat, but that cat was a very expensive actor cat, actually. So it wasn't the same. It wasn't his cat, by the way. But like, that was, was one take, Giles. By the way, we had oh. three Giles on the movie. We had. Uh, Giles Maddie, who plays Brian, who they would call to set whenever, you know, the cat was acting. Alok, Alok is a, he's a motherfucker. He would be like, hey, Giles, come here, come here. Look at that cat. You see that cat? That's one take Giles. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
<laughs> Maddie, what's wrong with you, Giles? We, we would kid everybody. Yes, Giles is a great actor, by the way. He's an amazing actor. But there, we also have Haley Giles, who plays uh, um, Sarah's uh, uh, new stepmother of sorts. You only see her hand coming over the father's shoulder to give him a drink, unfortunately. And she is like such a great, she's a beautiful girl, beautiful lady. And I can't believe we, that we never got a chance to see, you know, you know, Sarah's well, mom. Well, squandering talent is what you do, Elope. Apparently so. Apparently so. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Listen, I am here for the long haul. I am playing the long game with this movie. There, uh, there, a good horror movie is hard to kill. There will be a sequel. Janice is a. She is mourning. She has lost her husband, and she needs a sequel. I mean, she needs- one, I agree. One BR, the Chronicles of Janice. I mean, oh. I I can see the title. one BR, I'm in. two bed, two bathroom. I I mean, it's set it up a two two BR. Like that's the next that's the next one, right? Like you can have an Everyone- unlimited amount of bedrooms. So this is. Everyone, everyone says that, but I feel like it, 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 to, for for um, branding purposes, it should be called One BR colon something else. It could be anything, right? But as long as we have that there, and also the other reason is because for certain um, cable and uh, VOD uh, places, they'll do it alphabetically. They oh. do numbers first, right? Yeah. So who's who's going to be One BR for the first thing on the fucking thing? They're not. They're not. So it's like, all right. We had a point five br. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> Shitty studio. I was gonna, studio. Well, would, I don't know. Wouldn't I don't know. If point five beats one necessarily, but that's an interesting question to ask ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Knowing you, Alok, you'll get to the bottom of it. I probably would actually, because I'm really yeah. like, insane about certain marketing aspects. But I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Alok is the kind of producer that will literally text you at eleven thirty in the evening. Uh, to say, hey, can you quick buy the movie? And I'm like, okay, what's going on? He's got in his head that um, at midnight on a Wednesday, the iTunes charts rolls over and he is willing to play the game and invest $125 uh, to get um, 25 friends to buy the movie at five dollars a pop and see what happens like does that affect the the horror charts we were like and he did he found out i bought the movie it's well i mean i I also i I venmoed everybody the money back obviously i was like i need each of you to do this real quick you know and so, yeah, it, we went from like number seven to like number three or something. I was like, wow, this is an interesting bit of information to know. Because like what happens is that, well, in the time of COVID, let's say, if you get to number one, like iTunes, like horror charts, let's say, you can you can tell your, you know, would-be distributors like courting you in China or wherever it is that, hey, listen, we got to number one on iTunes horror charts. No one can go to the theater. This means something, right? Yeah. And I think going forward, because of COVID and everything else, these horror charts are actually more relevant than they ever were. All these like iTunes, Amazon, whatever they would be, wherever they have a chart, and iTunes actually has the best curated charts. They change them every hour kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, on a Wednesday night at 1130, when, they, when you buy it right then, they'll have it for the next hour. They'll have like, you know, it'll update right so at two you know, three o'clock in the morning on a, on a there's not a lot of people up on the east coast let's say you know so there's these are things in my brain sometimes that i'm like 
I need to know the answer to this question. <laughs> I'm willing to spend 125 to know the answer to this question, right? Well, you got so, your answer and you got the result well, you wanted. Well, the only thing I could have done differently is if we had actually, if everyone had bought the thing through the horror part of the website, I think we would have gone further up. But now we know that for next time. So now you'll know for one BR Chronicles of Janice. One BR two bath. <laughs> Janice is just keeping it fresh because she's looking for love and nothing else with two bathrooms because that just keeps it you know fresh. Like no one needs to know anyone's business. <laughs> Boom. It's <laughs> a great idea. One BR walk-in closet. It's a you sequel. Get- <laughs> a riveting sequel. One BR huge walk-in closet. That is like. <laughs> Size matters. Size, oh, well, perfect. Oh, this, oh. Thing is, this thing is writing itself. Fuck David yeah. Marmer. Like, what do we need him for? We have Janice. <laughs> this is all just also just turned into a porno, by the way. <laughs> I almost spit out my beer just then. That was funny. <laughs> do you guys want to uh, sort of, I guess we've talked about the film enough, but do you guys want to sort of summarize the film and then talk a little bit about the production process? And <laughs> do we have any good stories? <laughs> I I am all about this because I have in my head a certain co-star that I am imagining as we're we're brainstorming here. Um, basically, among the myriad of misfortune that befell us as we were shooting this movie, one of our production trucks was stolen. Okay, like literally in the middle of the night, some truck stealing ring like surrounded our truck. And 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 sure enough, one of our PAs that was being paid like, I don't know, nothing to I mean, I was being paid nothing. So he was really nothing He uh, to like just babysit the trucks. He basically he 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 saw the truck being stolen, followed it, called the cops. The cops were like. You need to stand down. He's like, no, you need to get behind this truck. Like, I will not stand down. They raced down um, the 405. Remember OJ and the Bronco? Yeah. Like that. It was just like that. It just wasn't OJ. And it was, you know, so it wasn't maybe as high profile, but it was on the news. And they, they raced past like the Felix sign, like all those kind of like, iconic South LA you know, bits and sure enough, surrounded this guy. The helicopter, helicopter shine a light helicopter, on the You name it. This like... was on the news. And and sure enough, who emerges from these this, you know, truck, the, the, the stolen truck, but the most gorgeous felon, <laughs> the handsome felon, as we like to call him, who uh, apparently, uh, you know, owes restitution. Loke's never seen any of it, but uh, our idea is that at one point he will be our monkey butler. Like he can work off. The, He's you like know, Ryan what he on the owes. office. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Like, I, like I said, I see. I think he and Janice could make music together. Like I he really. Might be, he might be an actor. Is the thing like who fell on hard? Very time. likely. Yeah. And who knows? Like, I mean, maybe he can, you know, you know, at least rehearse with Janice. Maybe there's a big kissing scene. Whether we use it or not, I don't know. It's just <laughs> rehearsal. So whatever's whatever. I mean, this handsome felon. Like, I mean, we're gonna make. I've done some crazy shit in my days. Like, 
you know, uh, uh, hustling in uh, as an actor. You know, I've danced for money at bar mitzvahs. I've modeled nude in art classes. I've uh, spun signs dressed as Lady Liberty. Like, why not steal a truck? You know, I, I, I yeah, I'm sure he, he probably is trained. He, who knows? He maybe he has a bigger following than me. I really want to give him a chance. I think this might be his big breakout role. Um, uh, I don't even need to audition him. I mean, there, 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 there it is right there. If it's Chronicles of Janice, maybe it's also the felon's big break. I mean, it could be. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like I don't have to pay him anything. Cause I mean, I, well, maybe you do. Cause the next one's going to be a bit higher budget, I think. Uh, so, you know, maybe you'll get paid and like, you know. It depends. I don't know what he owes you, Alok. So you got to figure that out. Yeah, he's I, think it's like, it I think it's like 12 grand. <laughs> Was was one then DR no, at least no. on the side Give of the truck? No, give me his, I will take his salary and yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. You actually asked a question. I just had that moment and had to go there. No, you're right. You did. And I don't even know what I asked and I'll never ask it again. Well, I think what you were asking was, were there hiccups in the production? And you answered oh, it. Well, there you go. I answered your question. That's just one. That's just one. And I don't mean to hog up the you know airtime uh we uh i was the only cast member that didn't get the memo to drop out at last minute i i kid you not uh our character we, uh we had a sarah um uh, who shall remain nameless i don't even know who she is actually so can't say um, libel 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 <laughs> yeah she's dead to us um and she was never alive to me, so who cares? But she, yeah, she had this ridiculous writer uh, where she um, needed a, a, a certain female energy drink. Poor Loke is there, you know. Well, Loke, uh, she has doing to be famous, basically right? mo- Monkey Butler jobs, uh, getting her energy drink. He's begging the manager, will you please just look in the bag? Maybe there's some there. Uh, he goes off. While they're waiting for their energy drink, they get a phone call to find out not only is she out, but also her friend who was l- lined up to play the Brian character is also out. So they've just lost two of their leads. Uh, and so then when they come back, like the manager's all excited. Oh, I found some energy drink. They're like, we don't need it. <laughs> so then they go to, you know, the local drinking hole, like, like you do. Um, and, um, uh, where they got to get a phone call. They've just lost yet another character. Poor uh, 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 the woman, Susan Davis's role. Miss um, Stanhope. Miss Stanhope. How many days from shooting are you? The original Miss Stanhope has dropped dead. Oh, I'm sorry, she hasn't dropped dead, but her her husband has dropped dead and uh, and is in mourning. So you know she's out. So now they're basically looking for three three of their leads. Um, this, this is on a Monday, and we're shooting on a Thursday. Okay, and so, so you're four days away. We, yeah, so we did it. We backed everything up three. a week to try to buy us some time. And we uh, Nicole Brydenbloom had always been our first choice. However, when this other more seductress, seductive force came into the, the picture, where it was just this woman had a huge following on Instagram, and I, I'm, I'm sorry that that makes a difference as far as being kind of douchebag producer but unfortunately it does and um it was, it was a person that would have put us in the black like immediately without even shooting anything we would have been in the black so we like had a corner port you know david marmer who was fighting so hard for nicole and like put a gun to his head and be like hey 
we gotta do this. Like this girl can act it and this lady can act it. And you know, you just gotta do this, you know? And so her friend who was on some, you know, we hired as Brian, who was on some CW shitty vampire show that I've never watched in my life. I was like, ah, well, it's good enough for the CW. It's got to be good enough for us. And, you know, so yeah, well, all these people dropped out like assholes. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. But I mean, that's the truth of it. Um, you know, but it all worked out. I mean, it did. We, we cast it up. We cast it up. I mean, we yeah. actually called, we called Nicole right away and we got her to come out. She's in New York. So it was kind of very interesting and meta that she was also a stranger in a stranger land, much like Sarah is, let's yeah. say, coming out to L.A. and stuff. And uh, Look, you got to come so, down to the valley. I'm sure Alok put her up in a very nice it was valley a, hotel. It was a but, you know, the rest Hilton of us were all the local. They could offer. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, the rest of us were, were local. So we we're like, oh, where are you going tonight? And she's like, "Go going? What do you mean? I... I, I don't drive. You know what I mean? We're like, huh? I mean, she, she drove, but she was so young, I had to rent the car for her. I literally <laughs> had to go to the rental car place and rent the car for her. But the point of it is this. It's weird because she's coming out from New York. It makes it sort of interesting to build into the character. Then, um, you know, we fast forward to Friday. We still don't have Miss Stanhope. In the, we're shooting on Monday. The Stanhope or, uh, you know, basically the Brian character. And I asked her, my friends, to send me older actresses' reels and so they send me a bunch of reels, and I watch a bunch of them. I find Susan Davis's. Susan Davis herself is an old pro. She's like the mom on War Games. She's like uh, been a, a character actress forever and had a very successful career. And I find you know, her reel, watch it. At the end of it, there's a number. Call the phone number. And I thought it was going to be an agent manager. It's not. It's her. And I'm like, ah, well, this is awkward. <laughs> but I'm going to be whole, horribly inappropriate, and like I'm going to pitch you the movie. And I'm going to pitch us. And she was like, at the end of it, she's like, well, I've never been in a cult movie before. Uh, this sounds interesting. And this is at 930 in the morning on a Friday. Sign her by 1130. So we have one more person left to get. Now, fast forward again to a bar. I'm sure you can see a pattern here. But we were in a Barney's Beanery at this point. It's like almost seven at night. And we're like calling all our friends to beg them to beg the agencies to stay open later because no one gives a shit about our little no-budget film. Like CAA, their ICM, we're not staying open for us, right? So we're, you know, our friends at, you know, Blumhouse, like Jason Blum, or even his head of post-production more appropriately, they're calling around town for us, like, stay open, give, look up this person, look up this person, find out availability, they're trying to help us. We finally get a call, like, around 7 from from Gersh, who was really instrumental in helping us. They're also um, Nicole Bright Bloom's agent as well. They got, they got us uh, Giles Maddie. Um, the thing of it was that he was driving down from uh, San Francisco to L.A. and had to pull over to the side of the road to read his part, just like on the phone. And uh, and apparently he only read his part, and he said yes. And I was like kind of offended in a way, like, how can these actors just read their part? And Naomi is like. This is very quite common, by the way. You know this, right? I'm like, no, I have no idea. She's like, no, we just read it to make sure we're not in a porn. Like, it's our part because, you know, whatever. So that's what I found out. But thank God because, by you know, we were just like, ah, I think we're making a movie. I think we're making a movie if everyone shows up on Monday. And, and thankfully they did. And everyone was going forward, just to say, from the disastrous pre-production we had. Actual production, besides the truck getting stolen, uh, was actually – fairly smooth we only had 15 days uh but um you know we even hid the truck getting stolen from you know our uh, the entire production didn't tell the actors until thank god had they told me i would have like gone down to south la to see if i could 
break him out of prison maybe make things you know find some way to get around this (laughs) bail him him out maybe i don't know yeah anyway so uh, 15 days to shoot and then we realized we needed to do some uh, reshoots and so we did some but we couldn't like we shot in 2017 the end of 2017 in december because it's just cheaper to get people then to be honest as a money-grubbing producer like uh, that's what you do yeah and um when we realized we did we need to kind of reshoot the ending a bit and add some different things into the film, we uh, shot for another four days. But we got the band back together, so to speak, in September of like 2018. Actually, right now is when we were shooting. Actually, this this particular date, because uh, I keep on getting things on my Facebook memories. I keep on showing me pictures of this and stuff from oh, my no show. Yeah, three, the three weekend that I was nominated for an Emmy, the only weekend he could, you know. The the only weekend that I have to go get the free you know trip at, to Barbados at the Emmy gifting suite. The only weekend that I have to go party with like all the people. The only the only weekend that I'm gonna you know maybe come home with an Emmy. But no, Elok needs me to come for no money. Um, <laughs> Many listeners. Um, so we got a lot of folks that are into films of this nature. So. Just as a quick summation to talk about a couple of themes that at least I extracted from this movie. Um, this movie explores ideas of isolation, self-discovery, growth. Um, our main character certainly has an arc, um, but it also explores cultism, the idea of you know secret societies, I guess to an extent. Um, and it's this like sect of of like isolated community that has some sort of common goal. And, and indoctrination uh, sort of process, which is kind of uh, funky and weird, but it, it's all about self-discovery. Uh, it's incredibly interesting. Um, if you're a follower of our show, we know you'll enjoy this movie. Um, this is right in the wheelhouse of stuff that uh, Jamie and I both talk about and like. So if you haven't checked it out, you can find it on uh, Amazon Prime currently um, for rental. I think it was $3, completely worth the $3. Yeah, I think $3.99. You know what? If you want... Well, we'll raffle off a, a couple, you know, a couple viewings um, uh, this month. Yeah, so yeah. sounds we'll, great. We'll, we'll, we'll figure Thank that you. out. But um, <clears throat> any, uh, do, do you get a look? Can we comment on where it'll be accessible in the future, or is that not available for discussion at, at present? Uh, it's not. A, it's not available right now anywhere. Unfortunately, streaming in America, in North America, really. So you can just buy it on VOD. It will probably be on streamers. Hopefully, in the you know maybe in the next year. Um, it, it had a nice run on Netflix. Uh, like we, we got to number one on Netflix, but they seem to like take things away and bring them back. So you never know. But uh, but right now, if you want to see it, I'll tell you this: like we, we've been talking a lot about it. Just buy it. I promise you, you'll show it to friends. Like I guarantee yeah. you, you'll show it to friends. If you, I mean, we're eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so don't just take our word for it. Uh, you know, the people the people that kill, you know, we killed the cat and they don't like it. They may have brought us down in terms of scores, but like you know, like the audience scores, you can't help that. Like people literally give you half a star for like you know, you know, uh, having a bad haircut like me. But uh, listen, the, the the real the real sense of it is that um, there will be a sequel to it too. So really, you do want to the first film to see what happens uh and then obviously watch the second film when it comes out but uh, yeah i would add to that i think people have this misconception that actors are all like bazillionaires just sitting you know dropping bonbons in their by their pools you know 
I really didn't get paid for this movie. So when you buy it, I get like a couple cents for every, every one you buy. So you are doing a good deed. You are helping a hungry actor in need. And <laughs> no, truly it's, uh, yeah, it's your help. No, I I'm joking, not joking. Um, what mean, what was you're like? supporting Cut. indie film. It's like, Cut. you know, these like, you know, the, the, um, the, I don't know, superhero, whatever. <laughs> they don't need your box office dollars. But like when there is like actually good work out there that's, you know, small, low budget, independent cinema, like you're you're helping indie artists. Well, time, time, time of COVID wasn't fun for anyone, right? Like, no. I mean, especially the, the film industry in a lot of ways where we couldn't make any new movies and like, you know, there was no conventions to like have everyone to meet people at and like the whole thing and stuff like that. And so like, you know, when you do buy a film like ours, it really does help out in a lot of ways because like, you know, Naomi is like a, as a producer, she has like some points on the movie, let's say. And so like, it really does help out. I mean, I, I have points too, <laughs> but long and short of it is it does help independent cinema. Let's say like, you know, we even like, even as poor as we were, we didn't have our money. Like we would like partner with these like independent cinemas, like the Music Box in Chicago, and like different sure. like, oh, theaters. We, like used that. Live, we used to live in Chicago, and we we've yeah. seen stuff happen at the Music Box. So that's that's fun. Well, we, there's a you guys are in Ohio, right? Yeah, we are now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Columbus, Ohio. What's the theater out there? It's like a um, oh, I'm gonna forget the name of it. Hold on, give me a second. It'll come to me in a second. But yeah, there's I, a great independent cinema there that has like amazing movie theaters and also has an arcade in it and stuff and awesome beers. I think it's a brewery too or something. And so we partnered with all these theaters to say, listen, we'll let you show us like on video on demand. We'll let you guys do it because we want to support you guys and we'll give you you know half the money. Let's just do it, whatever. And like you know, it was a thing that we hadn't even made our money back, but we wanted to do that because we want to have these like amazing palaces of like independent cinema available to everyone when we come back to full strength we're almost getting there we're getting there hopefully you know slowly but surely fuck this d variant but uh you know hopefully we'll get there again and like we want to have these kinds of films shown at that theater and we definitely want to support those theaters and i hope that i've, I've not been rambling too much but like no we're, I, we're, very, we're very passionate about you know these independent cinemas. I, I i feel you know jamie and i are definitely stewards of that concept and that idea and and alok i know when i told you i was like oh yeah i rented it last you know, last weekend, you're like, oh, I can send you a screener. I was like, no, man, like, honestly, we have a little fund for this and, and we want to support independent cinema and it's, it's important to us. And, um, especially, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, and a lot of it's, a lot of it's good. A lot of it's okay. And a lot of it's bad. Right. Um, but, but seriously, take it from us. Um, you get the, the horror dad stamp of endorsement the seal for whatever of that's worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, this is a good film. And if, if you like our show, um, we know you like this movie. Um, Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Naomi, before okay, we we told ourselves we wouldn't do this, but uh, we we want to talk about some apartment-based uh, horror films. But before we do that, um, we just want to mention American Horror Story real quick. Uh, we know there's some vested interest in it um, from a lot of our our listeners, but. Um, you know, you, you've you spent some time on the show, but, you know, what what was it like working on that production? Was it, it a blast? Was it the your favorite part of your career so far? Has it been the uh, the best experience of your life? Or, 
you know, I guess what are your comments on it? Oh, I mean, yeah, it was remarkable. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be in this room surrounded with peppers if it weren't weren't for that show. Um, uh, I mean, it was uh, it was an a, amazing experience, and uh, you know, I I don't even feel like it's over. You know, I'm still riding that ride. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a uh, I was you know, teaching Spanish <laughs> when I, when I got the part and, uh, uh, you know, I would, uh, I clock in and out at the, <laughs> I, I, I drive from Paramount to like go conjugate verbs. Like it was like the weird, like it was just a, it was a really unreal, surreal time in my life where I'd be, you know, in route to my day job. Um, and then, you know, there's pepper for president posters popping up on telephone poles. You know, there's like TMZ is jumping out of the bushes at me. Like eBay sellers are awaiting me at LAX to sign their pepper Funko pop figures. Like what? It was just a really like wild ride. And, um, and then it, and and it didn't even like it was it's and then it kept going like then it came for a whole second season with like like with my very own arc and and episode like on the emmy ballot you know uh where i made number one on imdb like you name it it just it kept coming and 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 then you know and then when you think it's over like they're like hey um want to be a satanist with kathy bates <laughs> like yes please yeah. um you know and then and like i said this most recent season uh, uh, um new spinoff show like it's just been oh and you i don't know so it just wait. surpassed all expectations like i literally came in thinking i was like one of an army of pinheads like you have to imagine like i get the call I've literally gone 22 years without even a crappy co-star, okay? Like, I, I, I can't even get hired to play, like, nurse number two to the left. And yet, I play waitresses everywhere except on TV, from power lunch spots to Latin night clubs, even worked a week at the Cheesecake Factory till they made me buy white jeans. Because, you know, bitches with big booties don't need to be doing that. But the point is, like, all of a sudden, uh, like, I'm, I'm, it, 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 it changed everything. And, um, and it, it's, uh, it, it's been quite a ride and like, I'm here for it. It, it, I, I, you know, I had no idea. I did not see this coming. I, you know, here, here they were like, will you shave your head? to play, you know, the most batshit crazy in the asylum. You know, I mean, they didn't say exactly that, but that's what it was. But that's what they were asking. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember even, like, posting on Facebook, like, because, again, at the time, m- m- my Facebook friends were m- my actual friends and had my back, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I asked them, like, would you shave your head? Because, you know, again, most of my friends at this point are were theater majors with me, you know. And um, I'm like, ah, would you? And, um, and you know, at, at the, I, I, you know, I realized, like, gee, it's not like anyone's 
paying me to keep my hair. It's not like I'm some like Pantene model. Like, (laughs) what the hell? What do I have to lose? So, you know, I went for it and I'm glad I did. You know, it's, uh, it's just been a, it's been a really wild ride. And it's, um, I mean, it's so crazy how, you know, I've, I've done auditions and I've gotten the part and then nothing has happened. And then I've gotten auditions and I've gotten the part and it's changed everything. So it just goes to show, like, you never know. Like, I mean, that said, I still put my pants on one leg at a time, like in, in so many ways, you know, I still had to audition for a Lopes crappy movie, (laughs) but, um, you know, at the same time, like in other ways, like it's, it's really, it's changed everything. So I I don't know. I just, I don't know what the, the, the meaning of it all is. Um, I, I've just, I'm really grateful. I really, it's, um, I'm, we're also grateful for the performance and, you know, you've done a fantastic job and, and honestly, we're, we're humbled by the fact that you've, you know, agreed to come on the show. So, so thank you, but yeah, congratulations uh, for all your success. But one quick question though of, of, okay. So we were just talking, um, you know, Alok had mentioned the, the drive-in episode that you did for American horror stories. So Adrian Barbeau, you know, horror goddess was in that, uh, in that episode. Did you get, did you get a chance to spend any time with her and how was that? Yeah. I mean, she stabbed my, Oh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You're, you're, yeah, no, you're I, uh, you know, I nearly lost yeah. an eye. Thank you very much. Um, no. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, she's a legend and that was so awesome. Um, I mean, obviously she's a scream queen, but also, you know, I'm not actually like, I am, I've come late to the horror game. Like I, um, I only started paying attention to horror when horror started paying attention to me. Like okay. that's the kind of a fair weather fan friend I am. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm though. sorry, but if that's how like hungry, desperate, uh, needy, uh, you know, actor I am, like, as long as you love me, I will love you back. <laughs> and, you know, for a long time, horror didn't know I existed and I didn't pay much attention to it either. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't really on my radar, but she was the OG Rizzo in Greece on Broadway. And uh, I, <laughs> Uh, I'm not bragging, but I was Frenchie in Greece at, uh, uh, in the Denver production at the Schwader theater at the JCC. That's right. The Jewish community center. I (laughs) killed it in my pink wig. So we had that in common. I tried not to fangirl too hard because, you know, I didn't want to make her uncomfortable, you know, knowing we were such, (laughs) contemporaries i'm kidding um <laughs> but even but even yeah so, i'm sure you mentioning uh greece for her was like oh thank christ you didn't bring up swamp thing or right what? no yeah. it's true yeah. i like that's true i know the things that like normal people don't yeah and normal i i don't know the things that normal normal people do <laughs> yeah. is what i should really say yeah well, that's cool and and we thought it'd be be fun to ask um but i know we're on a little bit of a time crunch here so uh, let's jump into some films, but before we do that, I was going to say, I know for a fact you're about to segue into all kinds of like film trivia 
that I'm going to embarrass myself at, but Alok is going to suddenly like shine and take, take it home. Alok's a horror dad. And he, uh... Oh yeah, he really is. He was a horror dad before he was even a dad. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a dad that's late to the late to the party. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an he's old an old dad, dad. But like OG horror for well, sure. Jamie is too. He just turned forty, so and he looks like he's I did, yeah. uh, nineteen. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm, I'm forty nine. My three year old just started school today. This is this is the nightmare that's in my head. Oof. Like that much. I, I was like, can't we get a robot to drive the car to pick this child up? I'm wasting a fucking hour to go through the fucking like drive through bullshit I have to do right now. Why can't they just like have like eight people ready to pick up all the children so we can get the fuck out of here? Like I was just this is the first fucking day. Anyway, sorry. Let's just go. Oh, on. Oh, you got a long road ahead of you, buddy. Yeah. Also, <laughs> my kid's been in school for a week and a half, and my wife has not quit talking about this pickup. Yeah. So it's it's different now than it used to be. For sure. What yeah. is this pickup? I got to do a fucking program on my fucking. I mean, there's a fucking app. Yeah. It's fucking keep on sending pictures too. of her in school. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I, I, I love the baby. Don't get me wrong. But I don't need to see fucking someone Rafi's fucking happy birthday fucking song over here. Like, I don't fucking want to be bothered with this shit. Like, sorry. No offense. Uh, Rafi, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, Rafi, please shut the podcast off now. Yeah, it's, it's short. It's short for Raphael, apparently. I guess <laughs> Rafi's parents are avid listeners. We forgot to tell you before we started recording. Douchebag, uh, um, LA people. <laughs> like... All right, before we jump into the films, though, uh, upcoming projects, things you guys want to plug. Uh, you know, this is your episode, so whatever you want to mention before we jump into the movies, go ahead and mention it. Ladies first. I um, just worked on a movie which. Who knows? It's another independent movie. I worked once again for nothing. <sighs> uh, but uh, it stars Mickey Rourke. Well, stars. He also, he, he actually just has a cameo, but whatever. I digress. You know, he's on, I've got, there's an Oscar contender, uh, you know, uh, 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 slated on it. Um, and yeah, that I shot that just um, 10 days ago or so. Um, and, uh, otherwise I would have very little say, cause honestly, once I do something, I just like forget about it because my part's done and I'll hear from them in an, you know, in a year or two or whenever it's wrapped. I mean, this movie we did in 2017 and 2018, like start in 2017, you know, reshoots Emmy weekend, 2018. So, and here we are in 2000. 21. So the point is movies take a long ass time to, to make. And so normally when I, when people ask this question, I'm like, you know, you're only as good as your last project. And so I'm like, what do I say? Um, I can say, I just work on a movie that I'm really excited about because we acted our pants off on this and it was really fun. I have a really, really juicy character. Um, uh, but you know, I don't know when you'll see it. It's called Replica. So, Replica. I, but I'm hopeful. Um, very exciting. Other than that, I have a, a one woman show that I'm also very excited about. Uh, I also don't know when, when, and where, and how, and all that. It, that's going to happen. But I'm doing my darndest. It's it's the thing that's gotten me through COVID. It's um it's called American Horror Story, and it's a it's another one woman show. Um, I'm hoping to have it you know streaming on a Netflix or you know Hulu or Amazon or you name it um, as a one hour comedy special. Um, but you know, 
I, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you've got, you know, nieces watching me on TikTok, you know, clamoring to make this happen because that, that's how these things get done. So, um, you know, for sure. Alok, what's going on in your world, man? Where can people find you? Um, social media, uh, if you want to plug malevolent films or, well, or whatever. We just, we just do the one br stuff really like uh you know one br underscore film is our twitter and we have a facebook page you'll find pretty easy and um instagram we're on there but we you know we're not as prolifically you know uh, interactive as we are on twitter twitter like if you say nice things about one br invariably somebody will tweet back at you and ask you if you want to come to a dinner party, like mm. become kind of the cult and stuff like this happens like all the time. Like there's a lot of Perfect. people helping on the site. So like we try to, you know, it, we're not, not act. I mean, it's a real organization. So but are uh, you feeding people? I mean, I mean, eventually people get fed things. Well, we can't, we can't, no one's ever I'm seen just what happens. Like, no, no one, I'm no one's hungry. Ever, like if I, if I tweet you, you know, you're gonna you know, invite me to a dinner party for real? I, inv- I invite you over to go swimming all the time for earlier but conversations. I'm all right, well, if you do carne asada, girl, you know how we okay. have a carnicery up the street. Uh, that's anyway, what's up. The, the, and that's actually, I'm so close to the apartment that we shot it at. Speaking of which, and all this is real. <laughs> so, uh, we're working on a sequel to 1BR, it's not called, it's not gonna be called 2BR. Um, we are working with another on another movie with uh, David Marmer. Um, that's a much bigger budget film uh, that we're hoping it's a slightly different genre, but it's going to be fucking awesome because David Marmer, who wrote and directed 1BR, is a genius, and we all you know, believe in his vision, and we'd love to see and show you people what he has next. I'm not going to say a goddamn thing about it at all because we like to J.J. Abrams the shit out of everything when we don't <laughs> tell you anything about it. So what's in the box? You'll pay to see what's in the box, and uh, hopefully it'll be a much bigger thing. Um, Working on a movie with this uh, other amazing writer director, uh, Marcel Sarmiento, and it's actually more of a sci-fi horror. Uh, and I can't say much about it. I will, you know, maybe say a ti- I can say the title is Emergent, uh, but we are casting it right now. It's fully funded, ready to go. We've just been trying to cast it, so we have some interesting stuff going on with that. Uh, but that's uh, that's pretty much. I mean, I have a hundred things in the cooker, but that's the things I, I could tell you uh, readily that are uh, very close to coming to uh, reality. Well, awesome. So, you, do we want to jump into some films here? Let's yeah, get to let's it. it. All right. So we each picked one, um, and Jamie and I being a collective uh, selection. Um, so we can just go, I guess, chronologically um, in terms of when these films were were released. So we can go with uh Naomi's apartment-based film first. Sure. So the question was, what's your favorite apartment-based film, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And my answer is Rosemary's Baby. You're pregnant. Are you aware that the Hanford had rather an unpleasant reputation around the turn of the century? Awful things happen in every apartment house. against people, aren't 
Well, that there's one against me and my baby. Don't be saying anything more about witches or witchcraft. We're forced to take you to a mental hospital. I haven't flipped up, Um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, Alok mentioned my dad is a, um, an architect, most specifically a, uh, mid-century modern architect. So I have a real affinity for all things late fifties, early sixties, sort of pop mod, um, uh, and so, yeah, I really, you know, I, I, I love that movie. I um, kind of miss Mia Farrow's haircut, not mm. going to lie. <laughs> Although I feel like this, it works more for me. Uh, I tend to, you know, this like screams like druggy and freak, which I tend to sort of, <laughs> I, I don't know, that's just... I, I think I'm easier cast <laughs> as that as than some like little pixie, you know, um, elf, <laughs> which I was as uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, she refers to I, it I in just, the movie. I think she says what it's very, it's Vidal Sassoon. I think is what she says. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is Vidal yeah. Sassoon. Um, no, anyway, I just, I love the, de- just the design of it. I am, I'm a big fan of that film. Um, and then, of course, it also happens to be, like, weird and twisted and scary and all the things. I also appreciate that it's a, a female story, kind of like uh, Sarah and 1BR. Um, yeah, so for a lot of reasons, I'm a, I, I, I picked that film. It's weird. Um, all, I think all three films that were selected have a strong uh, female-centric character. And I know the movie Jamie and I picked has a very specific <laughs> arc. Um, related to, I don't want to say like feminism. I think it actually is just straight up like yeah. feminism. So I think yep. um, there are certainly some interesting arcs. Uh, but th- so okay, the Dakota Hotel is where this this movie was filmed in New York City in Manhattan, uh, which is up on Seventy um, Second Street. And I called it today <laughs> to see if someone would answer the phone. Uh, to talk to me, um, because apparently you can rent apartments there. Um, but I called at four o'clock and nobody answered. Um, so I thought I was going to have a really badass story to tell, and that this person that worked there for forty years was going to give me a deep history on all the, all the things. No, they were like, "Fuck off." Yeah, they were like, "Oh, Ohio number, get the fuck out of here." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was filmed. That's what they say, New York. They say. Fuck you, but they mean hello. Hello. In LA, they say hello and they mean fuck you. <laughs> well, one BR, you see people like waving hello to you all the time on the Right, and they're saying fuck you. fuck you. <laughs> We're gonna hammer your hands into the wall. Oh hi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I actually I have a bunch of notes about the architecture of this film, Naomi, which is interesting. Um especially given what you just said about your father being an architect, but um I feel like the color and the arch, uh, just like the general, like the texture of the film, and and her being like so small and like quaint is such like uh, a force in it. Um, and she does such like a powerful, uh, a powerful uh, acting job in, in in the movie. And I just the way they pair her up um, next next to Nick. Um, what is it, uh, Nick Cassavetes? Yeah, Cassavetes. John John Cassavetes. 
I think his dad was Nick. This movie is fantastic, and I love um, so much all of all of what you uh, you described about it too. Jamie, what what are your thoughts on Rosemary's Baby? Dude, I love this movie. You know I do. Yeah. Um, I love the colors. I love the, <clears throat> like most apartment movies, I love the compartmentalization of just the building and the, the as you guys have mentioned several times, the architecture really stands out in this one. Yeah. And it's I, a character of its own almost, you know? I, I, I mean, it's agree. also just very relatable. I mean, I've never been pregnant, but I can only imagine, mm. like, the fear, like, Oh my god! Like that, like a like a living thing is gonna like come out of me. Like, yeah, yikes! Like I can't even I can't even wrap my head around that. And so, and then like all the you know what to expect when expecting when all of a sudden the the thing is actually not growing, but you're like actually losing weight. Like I can only imagine. Like that's I guess what I mean is like the horror is so subtle and you know it's it's not like over the top you know uh, you know the gore crazy crazy man with scissor hands and you know hockey masks like nothing against those movies but you know this is stuff that like I I would imagine women are going through every day they find out they're pregnant you know Um, and then and then like what if what if you did get give birth to a devil baby? Like, <laughs> yeah. What if? yeah. Like, so crazy. Why not? The yeah. Ta- the no, tagline just... for the movie is "It's not what you're expecting," um, which I thought was so clever and funny. And and we got to think this was what 1968. This movie came out. Yeah. Which is cr- fu- yep. like fuck. That's crazy uh, that this came out in 1968. And I know Roman Polanski is like legitimately insane. Um. And, but some of the most, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not forgiving uh, anything he's done, but let's face it, like some pretty brilliant people have been insane and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But this movie is crazy to watch from like a dad and husband point of view, John, Uh, because it's like, you have to be fucking kidding me, guy, that you, like, are just dismissing her. Because I, I know that you are the same as me. Like, when my wife was pregnant both times, every little, like, oh, Like, if, nice she was a, if she was adjusting, yeah. yeah it's you, like, oh, God, yeah. what do you need? <laughs> Who should I call? And he's so dismissive the entire film, you know? It's a, it's like, oh, no. Uh, uh, you know, uh, honey, it's talk totally to the neighbors. Fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, what? She'll, she'll bring you a, a, a smoothie. A, You'll be fine. Be a husband. Yeah. yeah. I, That's how you know something <laughs> is amiss. Alok, you're up, boo. Okay, so I'm doing the movie Wreck.
which is a Spanish film. Uh, it's an amazing film. Actually, they made four of them. Um, the whole thing about this film is that it's actually one of the best, you know, our friend Eduardo Sanchez did the Blair Witch, but this is also one of the finest found footage kind of films ever made. Um, there was an American remake called Quarantine uh, that the Dowd brothers did that's actually equally amazing. Um, the, the whole thing about Wreck is that it's an interesting film that starts off and is sort of a zombie movie, but then it becomes something else. And I want to go into what that is because I don't want to spoil it for you, but it is something that is so well thought out. And, you know, I think that found footage stuff is even more difficult to deliver on sometimes because it is sort of a thing where you have to make it so believable in the context of whatever you're trying to film. And so coming up with clever little devices or whatever else is, is really a, a real thing. These kinds of films. I mean, I'll say this. Uh, I helped um, test the first Paramount Activity movie, right? Mm. And all of the subsequent movies and most of, the, most of Jason Blum stuff, early stuff, let's say. And it was such an interesting thing to see Paranormal Activity and understand, like, oh, my gosh, this is a great film, except for the end. The end is bullshit. And so they had to go back and reshoot the end and stuff like that. Yeah, there and were, like, four great. different endings to that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, we, what we tested, like, like uh, but uh, Spielberg, you know, it was actually a DreamWorks movie, and DreamWorks had been, uh, you know, so they were part of Paramount at the time. And uh, Steven Spielberg actually helped come up with the actual ending that they used. Uh, really? The one where they, they, the, yeah, the one he's like, what about throwing him at the camp? <laughs> Apparently was his idea. So, um, but That's so they, cool. did such a, they did such a great job with that franchise where the second one and the third one are even more interesting because they're prequels or are they prequels and how is the storyline unfolding? Yeah. So they did such great jobs with the movie. And if you come to Wreck, if you come after, you know, to see Wreck in terms of seeing that context of really good like, found footage movies, you will enjoy it amazingly. And the second one, in some ways, is better than the first one, actually. Third one's okay, fourth is not very good. But the first two are magic, right? And they do an interesting thing where they kind of turn it from being one thing into another, Right. And I think that's really interesting about certain films if you can kind of pull that off, right? Um, again, I don't want to give too much away about it, but just this, the setup of the story is that essentially there's a, um, a film crew and a, and a kind of a journalist who's you know talking about stuff that happens at night that you don't see, and they're working with this you know fire department to go kind of tag along with them to see what they actually what actually happens to them over their period of a night and they get led to a call uh, at an apartment building that you know some old lady is going crazy can you come help us can you come see if something's wrong with her and stuff like that and that's all i'll tell you it goes from there it becomes like this really interesting tense ride of different things happening the way the story unfolds is actually really suspenseful and it really does kind of fold into the next movie in a really interesting way where you're just like, holy shit, after you see the first one, you want to see the next one. Now, I think in the States, it's um, available uh, on, um, uh, what is it called, um, AMC. Uh, no, no, what is it? Uh, yeah. yeah, the channel that Walking Dead's on. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's only available, I guess, there right now. So you could, you could pay for a subscription or buy a free subscription and see, like I think, two of them or three of them there. 
I actually uh, found it today on um, my Amazon Fire Stick. There's like a Roku TV app that I downloaded. Uh, uh, okay. I was able to access it there. Um, it was free. I was actually going to buy it because um, I, I realized as I was watching it, I had seen Quarantine, but I had not seen this. Um, well, there's there's a, there's some very distinct differences between Quarantine and in this film. I'll say that. Um, I completely agree. And I agree. think actually in a weird in a weird way, Quarantine does sort of the end a little better in a, in a certain sense of it and, and kind of what they're revealing. Quarantine 2 has nothing to do with Rec 2. They just go to someplace else. They're like, they're in an airport now. Like, it's just like, okay. <laughs> the budget difference is $2 million for, um, for Rec and $12 million for Quarantine. Um, so I'm not sure what goes all into that. Like, I don't know if marketing and and everything is included in that budget or not, but that, I, I guarantee the twelve million doesn't include the marketing. Uh, I was going to say, is movie. Mickey Rourke in it? Because maybe it, that went to him. <laughs> uh, you know. He he is. It uh, didn't go yeah. to <laughs> Naomi Grossman or someone at my level. I'll tell you that. You know, I I it, did you know, it, I did jot down some interesting stuff on chronology though, because I know you you mentioned Paranormal Activity. Um, mm-hmm. So this movie though. Rec was it came out in two thousand seven, quarantine came out in two thousand eight, paranormal activity came out in two thousand nine, and then the Walking Dead TV show came out in twenty ten, and I think the Walking Dead TV show is what really started to kind of like commoditize the zombie genre, um, and I get well, I don't know. Well, so, we don't, you, know, you know what it actually did is they, it, 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 in certain ways, like, listen, they say that zombies will never die, but I feel like zombies have gotten cheaper because you can see them on TV for free. So yeah. it's, been, it's been tougher to sort of, like, unless you're going big, like Michael Bay, you know, whatever. Zack Snyder's and, uh, 2004 Dawn of the Dead, sorry, I think, sorry, is the last sorry, one that, like... Uh, sorry, I meant, I meant Zack Snyder, actually. Sorry, not Michael Bay. Right? Yeah. Zack yeah. Snyder did the last zombie movie on Netflix, right? That was the one? Um, right? Yeah. He did. Did he? Did he do that new one? Oh, that yeah, yeah, the, the like really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he also did the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Well, that was a great film. Yeah, that was a great, was great. film. I, I'll tell you the truth. Like you know, we did. I, I remember testing that movie, and I remember handing the score and be like, uh, "You've done a good job here." And he's like, <laughs> "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is huge. These are great numbers." And he was just like, "Oh, this is awesome." And then I also handed the numbers to 300, which were even better. And I was like, uh, I, I can't imagine telling you this conversation because usually I don't tell people this conversation like any, more than once in their career. But you've gotten a better score than last time. And he was like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, Warner Brothers didn't believe those scores. And we had to test it again the week after. And it scored even better. And I was like, I can't believe I'm giving you this conversation for the third time in your career. But here you go. <laughs> Do you guys prefer anyway. fast zombies or slow zombies? I think it's a relevant question given all this context. I just think zombies are funny. I don't, I, I don't, I'm sorry. Like zom, the Zombieland movies are my favorite, but like they're hilarious. Why are we afraid of zombies? Like, I don't know. The slow ones. Especially. I don't have a preference. I just, I just, I just find them funny. I, I don't, I, I, I like what Naomi said about zombies being kind of silly, but the zombies, I think that I like that are more realistic or the disease caused zombies, let's say like the 28 days later or yeah. like the wreck zombie, like the, I mean, the wreck zombies 
is caused because of some sort of form of rabies, let's call it, right? Like infection, so, yeah, infection. Yeah, infect, infection and stuff. And those kinds of zombies that are like maddening or whatever, um, are, uh, that, that, they, that they, they come about because of, of, of some sort of disease and like you can't control themselves and that kind of thing. Um, that, that, that is interesting to me. And I, I like fast zombies because I think like if, listen, at a certain point you can't be a fast zombie. When you first get turned, you could definitely be a fast zombie because you know, you're not deteriorating and stuff like that yet, you know? Yeah. Those, those are my favorite zombies. Yeah, I saw I saw Twenty Eight Days Later the first time it came out at Sundance, like the very first showing of it, and all of us were like, "Holy shit! He shot this with a Canon XL one. Like, I, I own this camera, and he like he made this camera look like film, you know? And it was a really cool, fast moving zombie movie. Yeah, yeah that's my thoughts. That film is absolutely incredible. Jamie, what were your thoughts on Wreck? Uh, so I realized that I had never seen Wreck. Um, I always thought that I had. And I was thinking VHS the whole time. So I had never seen Wreck, um, and I loved it. I, As you're saying, Alok, like I, you're, you're watching, you think you have it figured out, and then, you know, you get that last half, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess I didn't. Yeah, it's really clever. Yeah. For quar- 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 you should watch, have you seen, have you seen Quarantine? No. Because you I, that, I, you should watch that to compare it, because it's, it's interesting what they do, what they choose for the American sort of version like there's the uh whole living in spain and catholicism sort of aspect to mm-hmm. things and then there's like the american version <laughs> all right let's hit our last movie here um so jamie we picked what buddy oh some somebody someone somewhere is watching me i'll never know the name of this someone's movie. watching me from 1978 made for tv film directed by john carpenter one week from tonight She's young, beautiful, successful, and has everything to live for. But someone wants her dead. Hello? I'll find you. I don't give up. Lauren Hutton, David Burney, and Adrian Barbeau star in a chilling tale of suspense and terror. A twisted maniac is at large. Can he be stopped before it's too late? Someone's watching next Wednesday on NBC. Uh, this is starring Lauren Hutton, David Burney, and, um, and Adrian Barbeau. So here's our Lauren Hutton and Adrian Barbeau uh, link to round things out here at the end. But this is about a woman being watched in her apartment by a stranger. Um, who A very creepy stranger. Yeah, he calls and kind of like torments her. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this whole cat and mouse thing. So, um, But interestingly, part of the reason that we selected this film is that it's about a character, Lauren Hutton, who moves from New York to Los Angeles. Um, and she it, and the majority of the film takes place in this apartment complex that she lives in. It's like legitimately, it's like fucking Star Wars almost, because it's this like, y- you look at these like twin apartment buildings that are erected, and they don't even look real. And everyone in town's like, oh my God, you live in Arkham Tower? Like, oh, you must be wealthy. Yeah. And it's just like a apartment. It's just like a little, it's like a little apartment. But from their windows, you can't even see the street. No, you see yeah. another building. Right. And everyone's like, oh, the view. And it's like, well, the view is other people. <laughs> yeah. um, so the play, it, it's basically like John Carpenter's um, uh, interpretation of, of Rear Window, which is uh, a favorite of mine for sure. But uh, this, this movie's cool um, for a bunch of reasons, but it's really, I think the, the narrative is about kind of the predatory behavior on women and she can't like, she can't 
aptly like convince anyone of significance, quote unquote significance. Like her friend trusts her, but her friend gets offed and she can't convince the police. And they're like, well, did he threaten you? Did he, did he, did he do anything bad? He's just sending you gifts. And he's like, right. It's that, it's that whole thing. Well, if someone's calling you making comments about wanting a pair of your panties, like get the fucking guy off the street, like figure out who this is. And they're like, yeah, but he's offering you a vacation, isn't he? Yeah. She's like, well, it's besides the point. Yeah. But I think that, that that's neat. Um, and Adrian Bar- Ar- Barbo's characters, I think, super cool in this film. And I think uh, the, the fact that it's made for TV um, makes it kind of almost not feel like a Carpenter film. Um, but when you watch it closely, like I, I rewatched it again this week, and I'm, I'm really fond of this movie. I really enjoyed it. And Jamie, I bought you a copy on Blu-ray, yeah, so you, you did. should fucking love yeah. it. I, I love it for that reason. Uh, yeah. It, it, what he had done something that was sort of a breakout thing for him right before, but it wasn't big, and it was a it was a dark star, dark star, right? Like it was something that was like his that, first movie. Or, uh, was Dark Star? What did he What did he do right before this movie? Was there something like I I just remember being in a John Carpenter group and we were talking about this, and it was like ah, that's his TV movie, and I was like I saw that when I was at USC. I, like, I think it was, was it was, was probably this because Dark Star I believe was probably like seven nineteen seventy six because uh, this came yeah. out in seventy eight, um, which was the year right for class yes. of nineteen seventy eight. My yep. T shirt right now uh, for Halloween. Oh, look at that! Yeah, so I think uh, I think it was the the same year. Uh, so I don't know the sequence at which things dropped, but the fact that you got fucking like Lauren Hutton, you know. I know, yeah. This is why well, they regarded he was the as hot the, uh, guy. He was the hot guy in town at that point, though, right? Like he could still like, do whatever, but like, yeah, it's still got to prove yourself, got to pay the bills, do a TV movie, you know? <laughs> Which is yeah. crazy to think. And I, I, I want to pair this up to other TV movies from that time because it, it, ha- it has to be the best one. I mean, it has to be. It has to. The, I mean, there are but times it, when you can watch it and you can kind of see that it's maybe made for TV, but. People always ask Naomi and I what our favorite horror movies are. And the reason I was like, she's going to do, you know, Rosemary's Baby, because it's actually like her favorite horror movie of all time. But my favorite horror movie of all time is actually The Thing. Uh, like, I just remember watching that movie at some, like, Indian party where, we, you know, we get together with our, like, Indian folk. And, like, they, they don't give a shit about the kids. Like, the kids are just in the back doing whatever. They, they could be murdering people. You don't know. And, like, some older kid had, had, had brought in a VHS copy of that movie. And, obviously, far too young to watch it. I'll say that on my own, you know, behalf. But watched the movie and it was just like... Yeah. Like, oh, my God. This is, like, the coolest thing I've ever seen. It just, like, levels up, like, all the time. And the tension is there. And you're just like... What is going on? And it ends in such a weird fashion. We're not a weird fashion, but like a fashion that I hadn't seen before outside of maybe Planet of the Apes, where it's such a bleak ending. But yet you feel sort of comforted because you're just sitting there having a drink at the end. You know, just two guys having a drink, maybe freezing to death. Maybe one of them's an alien. We don't know. Like, you know, that's it. That's what at the end of, uh, I think the thing's probably my favorite movie. I, I Depending on the day, I bounce between that and Rear Window. But I feel so strongly also toward the invasion of the body snatcher um, mm. movies in general, but that original one from the fifties, they had to reshoot that ending. I know we were talking about reshoots uh, a bunch of times because like they said, Hey, this is far too bleak. Cause at the end they initially like he was running basically down the highway saying he wasn't saying this, but he was basically saying like, Hey, we're fucked. Like in 
aliens are going to invade the earth and they're like ah, yeah you know we're going to need to reshoot that and be a little more positive here because you know russia and the cold war like we got we got to end on a high note and people need to feel good um so that kind of got squandered and then it wasn't until a little later in life i think that people were like you know what we're okay ending on a little bit of a a dark note and and leaving it to the imagination here well, the seventies Donald Sutherland, right? Like Leonard Nimoy, oh, Donald Sutherland, right? So like that. Good. I remember watching that as a child too, and I was that fucked me up. I saw it like on ABC, like it was a movie of the week or something. I mean, it wasn't oh, it wasn't man. a movie of the week, but it came on because they were like, you know, hey, here's this awesome movie that was in theaters, but you can watch it on ABC. And I remember like I was watching it, and Donald Sutherland does that thing, and I was so scared at the end of it. And I just looked at my mom, and she looked at me, and she's like, "Why did you let him watch this?" <laughs> I'm like, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, those pod bodies are ugh, stuff of nightmares. For sure. Oh, for sure. Oh my god. Sure. Just like after yeah, it's like then you could you start thinking about your own family. You're like, is my dad Is my, my dad, dad creepy? Yeah. Or is he like a pod person? <laughs> He's been very distant <laughs> lately. Yeah. Uh Naomi, before we take off here, I wanted to I forgot to ask how long the makeup took for Pepper. Two and a half to three hours. Not Whoa. bad. We had um, John Carpenter's left hand. Mm -hmm. uh, well, um, his name is Christopher Nelson. I uh, did uh, one half and Mike McCash, uh, who's uh, married to the head of uh, AHS Makeup, um, Aaron Kruger McCash, uh, doing the other half. And, uh, you know, the two men working diligently away uh, two and a half, three hours later, it was done. That's not including uh, the day they had me actually do a full, full body. That is the prosthetic chest that we saw in uh, Freak Show episode one, uh, where we actually saw Pepper basically naked. Like I was wearing nothing but a diaper and like this, you know, like I said, prosthetic chest that was, you know, complete with like man boobs and like you know hairs coming out i mean that was it was like a work of art they literally like had someone like you know sew in every single hair um it was amazing i'll never forget the uh one of the way uh, one of the producers on the show like somebody get pepper a, a robe like as if i were naked but i'm like i'm wearing more clothes than i wear to the beach like i'm literally completely covered like this is not my body Thank God. Mick, <laughs> you know, Mickey Hill as well, right? Didn't he have? Uh, oh yeah. yeah, Mickey Hill is like he's he was responsible for me being cast. Like when they first cast me, they actually took a bunch of photos, um, like you know, profiles and uh, of the actresses that they knew could probably handle the demands of the role and presented it for Ryan Murphy. Uh, first, they manipulated those photos to see what. Uh, they would look like at, it, as the character and that's when um you know yeah Mike Hill basically weighed in and was like ah, she's gonna look the best you know so I mean, yeah he, thank he's you like, Mikey he's, he's a he's Guillermo del Toro's guy so whenever yeah. he creates like something interesting like that creature or whatever like from he is like the guy, uh, the scariest stories to tell in the dark, which I just saw recently, by the way, which is, I, I, I didn't, I don't know why I haven't seen it yet, but I just saw it recently. 
and like all those creatures, like most of his creatures are his sort of design or his sort of like architecture. And like, you know, he ugh, just is an amazing talent and he did perfect movie for this time so. of year. Yeah. Also, there's oh, yeah, something so to be good. said for the fact that when you did this for the Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro creature, I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> well, of course. You gotta yeah. know what that is, you know. Of course, yeah. Um, Jamie and Alok are both holding both of their hands palm up next to their faces, which is uh, what what uh, action he's describing here. Yeah, from yeah. the Pan's Labyrinth creature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you both so much for coming on. This was fantastic. Um, we appreciate all the antics about One uh, BR as well as the other projects you've you've worked on and and talking through the horror film. So. Um, Appreciate you guys coming on, and when uh, 2BR, just kidding, Alok, uh, when 1BR... Um, Chronicles of Janus. Chronicles of Janus. Chronicles Keeping Janus it fresh. Comes out, uh, hit us up. We'll, we'll do another uh, session here, but uh, we, we appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you very much for having us. It was uh, so much fun. <laughs>